0: To another episode of Looking for Love in All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three cool chicks from up in the Midwest talk to you about all of our favorite romance stories, whether that's from books or movies or TV shows. And uh, yeah, that's what we do.
1: Mom Liz! I'm Danny.
2: I'm Wiggles.
0: And welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking about Romancing the Stone, a movie that came out in the early 80s, if I remember correctly, 84. But before we get into that, we get to talk about what we are reading and watching and all that jazz.
2: Well, I've been reading the Stay a Spell series by Juliet Cross. I'm currently on Resting Witch Face and I'm enjoying it immensely. And so, yeah, that's what I've been reading.
1: Um, I bought a new book. I haven't started it yet. I'm very excited to read it. It's called um, When Life Gives You Vampires. So I'm very excited about that. On the other hand, I have not hardly been home the last week or so, so I I couldn't tell you what I've been watching, honestly. It's been a lot of, I threw something on because it made noise and then ignored the world if I was home. So admittedly, sorry, I fail you girls, but um, I have
0: been reading the InterSolar Union series by Etta Pierce. I am now on book five. Maybe um, I've been gobbling them up, just gobbling them up. They're really good. There are a sci-fi um, series where humans are just learning about all of the species that are out in the world, and it's very Mass Effect-esque. So if you like Mass Effects, you should read this books.
1: I never played Mass Effect, but I think I would like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Um,
0: we can get on to talking about the show now, uh, but we probably should let y'all know that we are a little rough around the edges. We don't pull punches. Um,
1: (laughs) I'm a delight.
0: You can be both. I mean, you can be both. True. (laughs) So if you don't like swearing, I guess, or just general tomfoolery, here's your warning. Warning, (laughs) warning. okay moving on to
1: the movie who wants to tell us about the movie i mean i pretty much always end up telling us about the thing now don't i yeah all right well romancing the stone which was actually my pick on things so yay Yay. um basically it's a a woman who is a romance author and she lives in new york in the 80s and um she gets a map sent to her by her brother-in-law right uh, and it's delivered right after he's been murdered and then she gets a phone call stating that they're holding her sister hostage and she needs to bring this map to them in Colombia. was it yes Colombia. sorry my brain died for half a second there <laughs> um and so she goes out to find it well she gets on the wrong bus And ends up in the middle of bumfuck nowhere and runs into a very nice, lovely... He's not very nice. He's actually kind of a dick sometimes. But practical man, I will say. And they go on a romantic treasure hunt and try to save her sister. Yeah, that's that's it. There you go. Cool. And we're done. No, just kidding. (laughs) Okay. So what did you guys think of this one? So I don't know if I love it because... I love it, or if it's just because it's a nostalgia thing, because I watched it a lot when I was younger and everything. But I do really enjoy this movie.
2: So I don't think I've ever sat down and watched this movie all the way through before this time. Um, But I definitely remember seeing, like, little clips of it from syndication and seeing it in the background. Like, I don't know if my mom was watching it or something. But I know, I thought I knew what this movie was. And it was interesting to see that it wasn't exactly what i expected
0: and i'm on the side of the world that had never seen or even heard of this movie before so we have a variation of reactions to it
1: Mm
2: -hmm. they have a very good cast it was also interesting which moments i actually remembered and which ones uh completely left my brain like I, I don't remember him falling face first into her coochie being part of the uh, syndication showing.
1: <laughs> Probably. I, I can't say that I've ever actually watched it on TV. I My parents exposed me to a lot of, of mm-hmm. older movies and and stuff. And so I, I watched it on DVD because my mom was like, oh, yeah, you should watch that one. I think you'd like it. And she was correct. Um, but there's, I have quite a few movies like that where like, I have no earthly reason why I should know anything about that fucking movie, but I do.
2: <laughs> well, in my house, we have a series of eighties movies that are considered, you know, chef's kiss classics and, uh, we'll watch all the time. One of them being, uh, the great outdoors. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Great Love.
0: outdoors. Big bird taste. Big bird movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The movies
1: my mom exposed me to are like The Ghost and Mr. Chicken.
0: What is that? It's
1: a Don Knotts movie. <laughs> Very famous man, actually. <laughs> but yeah, like I, there's a lot of movies that uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People.
0: No idea what that is. Either. Sean
1: Connery's in it when he's in his like 20s and he sings. It's a Disney movie. It's amazing. He can sing, actually. <laughs> it's not a musical. It's He's just like singing to himself as he's working and it's... I like
2: to stare at him. Did you guys ever watch All Dogs Go to Heaven? Yes. Yes. The fucking Burt Reynolds singing? <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> By the way, I rewatched that not too long ago when I was babysitting because I was like, oh, look, we'll just put All Dogs Go to Heaven on. That's great. That is fucking way darker than I remember it
2: being. <laughs> All the shit we watched as kids was like... Okay, but if you want to know Dark related to that movie, so the little girl who um, plays... Th- the little girl in the movie who adopts the Burt Reynolds dog, kind of, um, she is voiced by, uh, a little girl who was like murdered. And I think she died even before like the movie came out.
1: Yeah. By her father. She's also the voice of Ducky in the land before time.
0: Oh, I knew that about Ducky. Yeah.
1: Yeah, She's yeah. She voices Anne Marie and, in all dogs go to heaven. That's tragic.
2: Yeah, it really is. I mean, If you ever are like, I'm not feeling depressed enough today, um, you should really look that story up because it's tragic. Yeah, it is. But that's not what we're talking about today. So we need to pivot on back.
1: Indeed not. Sorry, we went down a blue hole there. What's a blue hole? It was just we got a little blue there for a minute. (laughs) Oh,
0: like sad. Yeah. I
2: I made it up. I don't know what it means either.
0: I like it. I like it.
2: Okay, I don't know why this is the case, um, but it is, uh, and maybe it'll bring our mood back up a little bit, uh, but when I was a kid, uh, do you remember the sequence in the movie where he's, like, singing in the sewer with the alligator? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fascinating, and so I spent an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out how they do the singing under the water, and I'm not bad at it, because <laughs> he's like, Let's make music together. Let's make sweet harmony. Yeah. <laughs> you are actually pretty good at it. Well done. <laughs> um, When I say my brain is not right, I genuinely mean it. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Uh, that did bring us back up. Thanks, Wix. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Okay, For this movie, though, let's, Um, I don't know where to start with this. There's so much happening in this movie.
1: (laughs) We could start with the cast. They have a very
2: good cast.
0: Yeah, so our main uh, sexy man is Michael Douglas. Mm
2: -hmm. I gotta
0: say, there's never a time when I'm attracted to Michael Douglas.
2: Yeah, but I think that what this film suffers from is that it's a Michael Douglas productions, right? So, in the same way that, like, when Kevin Costner produces a film, there's a really big difference between a film that Kevin Costner stars in and then a film produced and starred in by Kevin Costner. I can't really think of a better way to explain it other than to say like when when these kinds of movies are being made, they're a little bit vanity projects and so it doesn't really matter if the character is good or it has any depth. It just really matters whether or not he looks badass, you know? And so I think that That's a little bit of what's happening here, where it was just like, he's the one producing it. He wants to make himself look like the badass, romantic, action hero kind of guy, and so that's what he is. But if you were to produce this film now, would you necessarily pick Michael Douglas to play the romantic lead, I don't know. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, I agree. You do also have to put on an 80s lens. Yes,
1: yes, 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 yes.
2: Yeah, but we need to bring the floppy hair back. I'm going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) But then we had Kathleen Turner. I thought she did very well.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. I forgot Danny DeVito was actually in it until I started watching again and was like, I forgot he was in it. I love you, Danny.
0: That was the part where I got so confused. I was like, why is there both a plot line where these like thieves are kidnapping people with Danny DeVito and his cousin? And then there's the plot line where this unknown police dude, I didn't understand what he was doing.
2: His name is Zolo.
1: Um...
2: He was, like, supposed to be simultaneously the law, but also was like, I'm going to fuck everybody over for this green gem. It didn't make a ton of sense. I think it was talk. It was trying to talk
1: to the, like, the very 80s thing of Columbia being really um, uh, corrupt corrupt and stuff. stuff. So he was simultaneously he's one of the um, head of the police force and everywhere, Secret Service or whatever the fuck he was. Um, but then he also is a drug dealer, a kidnapper, that kind of thing. Murderer, because he totally murked her poor like maintenance guy who was just protecting her apartment. Right? Like- yeah. By the way, <laughs> I paused at one point when they were in the like um the guy's like mansion area thing, the like drug drug dealer who was obsessed with hers mansion. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> one of the guys that was following down them he was literally titled as bad ombre and it cracked <laughs> me up so much
0: that was my favorite scene in the whole movie is they mm-hmm. show up to this is like halfway ish into the movie mm-hmm. and they show up to this like sketchy town that's run by you assume drug dealers mm-hmm. um and they go to the big guy's house it's all nice beautiful mansion villa whatever it is and he's just like you're you are Joan Wilder? You write the books that I read? Oh my god, it was so funny. And he r-
1: apparently reads them to his men on Sundays.
2: Because yes. they all get excited too. They're like, oh, Joan Wilder. Joan Wilder. John Wilder. <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he has like multiple copies of every single one of her books. Yeah. Like first editions and stuff. I'm like, wow, this is a man who really loves his smut novel. I mean, I know they're actually romance, not smut like we read. But- they're probably a little sweaty.
2: Well, okay, but, like, she has that whole, like, sequence at the beginning where she's, like, sexily pulling her, like, skirt up. And then she's like, nice Right? And, like, then they, like, do they go and ride off into the sunset? Yes. But I think that it's pretty well implied that the, they're boning. They're boning. Oh, yeah. Well, right. and it's
1: it's a series of books she's writing about the same right. two people. And uh, and she's very much in love with this guy that she created, yeah. Jesse. Okay, uh,
2: but do, do you guys think? Because this is my theory. Do you think that Jesse is supposed to be like Jesse James? Yeah, probably some yeah. some version of that. Yeah,
0: because sure. it was it
1: was
2: very much a western motif
1: that mm-hmm. you saw when they was she was. Because the opening, the opening is very confusing for just a half a second. Oh my god, I
0: was so confused when I was like, what am I watching right now, (laughs) Because it does start
1: out as like a Western and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And I admittedly forgot that that's how it was starting. (laughs) So I, because yay, I wake up at stupid o'clock now because my job makes Mm -hmm. me. And I woke up that way on a Saturday and was like, well, fuck it. I guess I'm going to watch Romancing the Stone at fucking 6am because that's my life now. Seems um, like a solid choice. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. And so all of a sudden I started and I'm like, This isn't a fucking Western. What did I did I pick the wrong thing?
0: I literally as I was watching it, I was like, did we click on the wrong movie in the app? And I was like, No, it still says romancing the stone. All right.
1: I do absolutely love that then like when they cut out of that scene, it's her bawling in front of her typewriter listening to music. And I just I feel for her so much in that way. Like that would be me. I would be bawling about the own shit that I wrote.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the most relatable moment is going back to her apartment and she's just like talking to her cat and like opening yes. little bottles of booze to celebrate. And
2: I was like, this is real. I was like, you do not need to call out single women like this, okay?
1: I know, right? <laughs> I did have a b- definite moment of, hey, fuck you. I don't need
2: to, I don't need that image of me. Well, I love the bit where she's like, just so you know, Romeo. This is the bumblebee tuna because when I celebrate, I go big. Right, yes, yeah. <laughs>
1: that is totally a conversation I would have. Yes, For sure. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Aria would look at me like I'm fucking stupid, cause I am. But no, I will say though, cause like right after that, she goes to talk
0: to her um, agent or I think editor it's her publisher publisher. It's Uh, I loved the side characters in this movie. More than the main characters. Like, anytime the main characters were on, I was like, meh. And then this, not meh, but like, you're not one of the funny side characters. Go away. Uh, and I, and her publisher was
1: hilarious. I loved her. Oh, I fucking love her
2: publisher. (laughs) So one thing I wasn't a really big fan of throughout this movie was the transitions. Like, I think that Douglas Productions could have gone ahead and invested in a better editor. But... One transition that I thought was fucking hilarious was the the moment where they went from her crying in her apartment about her new book she just wrote to her publicist just roasting every fucking guy at the bar. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, so now that we're already talking about the side characters, because we've determined that we love them so much more, mm-hmm. um, how about we talk about Ira and Ralph? So it's Danny DeVito's character is Ralph, and then Ira is his cousin. He was played by Jack Norman. Zach Norman? Zach Norman. I'm sorry. Okay. Hard as reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
0: I don't know what I think of Danny DeVito's character, because he just like pops up. You're like, you kind of forget that he's in the show Until and then he out comes nowhere. up again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh shit, that's right, Daniel DeVito's in this show.
2: Well, and I have to say, I'm genuinely excited to watch Jewel of the Nile because he made it onto the poster. And so it must mean that he's just the chaos. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah.
0: definitely the chaos.
2: <laughs> I do like Jewel of the Nile as well.
0: Also haven't seen that. I really enjoy like my favorite scene with him is the car scene and he's just sleeping in his car and they run up and steal it so they can run away from the policia
1: (laughs) (laughs) just like you're just sleeping in there what a farce my favorite of him is he calls ira in the police station because that that scary cop motherfucker stole his car and brought him with him to this like militia camp almost and he likes he's having a conversation with him on the phone acting like he's talking to his mother Mm -hmm. and then he notices that the wanted poster for him is up on the wall and it's like on the top of the of the bulletin board and so he like climbs up while still on the phone with him trying to look nonchalant reaching for this poster that he obviously wouldn't be able to reach if he wasn't sitting on the counter and then he falls off the fucking counter backwards
2: I just like that they have been typecasting Danny DeVito for so long as the guy who has no chill. like Yeah. (laughs) Like, he's always like that. It varies a little bit from show to movie, depending on, like, what role he's in. But pretty much he's always the chaos. Correct. Well, and in one hand, he is the chaos. But in the other hand, there's the moment where you're like,
1: if he had just, if Ira had just listened to Ralph... And because from the very beginning, Ralph is saying, this is a bad idea. Yeah. This, this is getting us in too deep. We have enough. Let's just go. And nope, Ira's obsessed with it. And he's being a prick.
2: Ira is like the textbook knockoff Bond villain. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, very much so. <laughs> he's obsessed with the fucking gator. And every time, look at those chompers. And you're like, oh, my God, would you stop?
2: Which, okay, like at the end, well. Is it okay if I quick hip hopity over to the end real quick? Sure. We never consistently. I was going to say, what what yeah. stops us
1: ever? Go for it.
2: Well, okay. So here's the bone I have to pick. Regardless of whether we're talking about alligator or crocodile, because I can't remember which is which. It doesn't matter. The way that he ends up getting his hand chopped off it doesn't make any sense. Because uh, they wouldn't attack in that way. They wouldn't just go. Yeah, I'm gonna eat your whole hand off in one bite. Like that's not what they would do.
1: No, he would have death rolled like, and like pulled him in. We're yeah,
2: pull you in and we're gonna drown you.
1: Yeah, like, or death rolled you.
2: Yes, which also would require
0: pulling them in. Mm-hmm. But that's them. super '80s, right? Like right. <laughs> we're gonna use this as a plot device and not really pay attention to how realistic the plot device is. My my similar issue. To that with the gators is when Jack, uh, Michael Douglas, is like holding one up by the tail as almost his entire body is over the wall. And I'm like, you would not, sir, be able to do that. That is a very large animal. Right. <laughs> he, he treats it like it's like a, a, a dog.
1: Like, yeah. like holding onto I'm like, that, do you know how much those things weigh? Like, right. That tail alone. Yeah,
2: And right, right. Him, you know, like, um, no, I love that that scene takes a century. Like, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's being like, oh, I gotta reach for my gun. Oh, I gotta hold onto this gator. Oh, she's getting murdered. Like, it's just like,
0: how? Yeah, that's the other thing. At one point, he switches to holding it one handed, and I'm like, dude, you can't. And then he lets it go and tries to parkour up the wall and, <laughs> like, Assassin's
1: Creed esque climb it. And I'm like, dude. You are not Superman. You cannot do this. Can we talk about the fact that, so I love the fact that he didn't save her. No, no she, she saved, saved herself. And that's that's very weird for the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in almost any other 80s movie and honestly 90s movie, yes. the, he would have made it just in time to like knock him off and everything. Nope. That bitch saved herself and could, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I also do appreciate that the, her clothes are never like pristine and perfect after trudging through the fucking. I mean, they don't look terrible, but they they're they're dirty and they're torn and you know.
2: But but we have to talk about like in the that giant rainstorm where they fall down the hill and everything like what is the material her clothes are made out of because they are literally falling off of her. It was her winter coat. Yeah, it was a winter coat, but also, like, she had, like, a suit jacket kind of thing, and like, yeah. the sleeves, could, like, just fall off. And I'm like, I listen, as somebody who is a chronic faller downer, um, <laughs> and has fallen into some mud before, I've never had a clothing item come part of the seams because I fell down.
1: I almost wonder if, like, part of that was, like, a silk material or something, Wait, something that, that was that very. One. Because up, she's. Research. She's a rich bitch from New York and she decided to come to Columbia and wear heels and that kind of thing. And like, I understand she just put the winter coat on when they were walking because she had it with her and she didn't want to carry it. And it was raining. And it was raining. Yeah. But like, I think she was just very inappropriately dressed for this situation, which granted, she didn't have the internet. She wouldn't right. really know what to expect. And she didn't think that she was going to get on the wrong bus. She believed she was going from an airport to a town.
0: Well, and she didn't have time, right? She got yeah. the phone call, you need to get to Columbia to save your sister. And, and she had to go. There yeah. was no time to ask somebody, how do I pack for Columbia? Yeah.
2: Well, and during the 80s, there just wasn't a lot of, like, casual options the way we have them now. Like, there, it was mostly, like... Business casual or or full like business attire or very fucking casual and and so she's not going to show up to this you know just schlepping around she's trying to get her sister back so I highly doubt that she would have packed tennis shoes and and things like that or or hiking boots she probably doesn't even own those
1: no she probably doesn't because she lives in fucking New York like why would she need them. I do have a gripe
0: with the scene where he cuts the heel off of her heel. That
1: thing just pops right off there, bud.
0: Well, and, but also heels don't just like turn into
1: flats. No, they don't.
2: (laughs) But to be fair to the movie, she does walk like somebody who's had her heel taken off. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. They didn't just give her a pair of flats and say, oh, they're the same. They're the same shoe quotation marks. It was, she very much was wearing the shoes that got the heel cut off. Maybe not the ones exactly that he did, but, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which, good for them. Ow. Oh, God. Oh, my feet would be screaming. Right.
2: There would be a part of me that just went, how... Much worse would it be if I just went barefoot. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah, for sure. I would have been barefoot long before.
0: I don't know if I would have, man.
2: There's so much poisonous shit there.
0: Yep. I do uh, have to laugh, though, because when he buys her new clothes, once they finally get to the town, he just doesn't buy her clothes that are really appropriate for running around anymore. Like, I get that. They weren't planning on going back into the jungle originally, but then they did, and they never stopped to go. Hey, skirt not a good option anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah they never thought. Yeah. Hey, why don't you go get some pants? Right.
2: His outfit comes out is pretty entertaining as well because he's like, I don't know, wear this like white outfit, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then immediately gets covered in shit.
1: Uh... Also, a lot of. You know, for the 80s, again, 80s glasses. There was, there was a lot of skin shown in the sexy time scene there. That
0: shocked me. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> they transitioned from the dancing, kissing to the hotel room. I was like, all right, sexy. And then it was completely naked. You don't see anything because their bodies are smushed together. But I'm like, oh, fuck, they are naked.
2: I'm real interested to find out how they recorded that scene and, like, didn't show any discomfort. Well, at least in their body language, they didn't look uncomfortable, right? Because that is a a lot.
0: (sighs) Yeah, because she is literally pressed right on top of him. Mm -hmm. Like, all of the bits are touching. Because... They clearly weren't wearing any sort of underwear because you can literally see all of the side. Yeah, no, they have, they make material and specific things for movies that, like, cover your bits without it. They have intimacy
2: coordinators. Yeah. They didn't back then, though. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, were lawless.
1: Yeah. I kind of forgot that happened. And again, I watched this at six in the morning. So I was getting a lot of naked Michael Douglas at, like, 7 Mm a.m. I'm like... Oh, hello, Michael Douglas.
0: The worst part about that for me is I'm just envisioning, like, the, how many takes that they have to do right to get the oh, scene right. Yeah. And then every single time they come apart and their skin does that like sticky thing. Oh, you're yeah. like, oh, ugh, <laughs> ugh,
1: my tits. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: she probably had pasties on her
1: on her nips i would hope so but again 80s the 80s Uh, were lawless what cracks me up is so when when she meets him her bus has hit a vehicle because she distracted the fucking driver right because she got on the wrong bus and she was trying to figure out what the fuck was happening i don't blame her for that but like be better at driving bro
0: right like why are you taking your eyes off the road this long
1: oh yeah they just like fucking picked up shit and walked away. The, the vehicle that got hit was his, and apparently was full of, like, chickens?
0: No, no rare birds, rare like birds. macaws and oh. and those types of uh, birds that they could sell for high prices.
2: He's basically the precursor to Rio, but he's one of the bad guys in Rio. But here's the thing, I, I would watch Rio every day of the week, it's so good. I mean, oh, I life. do fucking love Rio.
0: I don't think I've seen Rio, but I do love watching my Disney cartoons and my Pixar cartoons. So. Yeah.
1: Rio's amazing. It's a DreamWorks. Okay. Yeah. Rio's great. Oh.
0: Danny, can you say what you said again while we were talking about Rio? Because I didn't catch it.
1: Oh, it, I said that it's probably a precursor to when it was actually became illegal, too. Or it
2: already was illegal, and that's how he was going to make
1: money. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't feel like in the 80s it was illegal for the for the trapping then. Yeah. That's why it's such a problem now. Yeah. It's because yeah. they got over... He's
2: the
1: bad guy. <clears throat> he's a bad
0: guy in Rio. Um, yeah, he's definitely not a good guy throughout this entire movie. Yeah, he's morally great
2: at best. Yeah. yeah.
0: Especially when they find the plane that had cranch- crashed with all the weed in it, <laughs> which is also another funny scene.
2: Oh, I fucking love that scene, actually. (laughs) Here's the thing. Her reaction to getting high and not really realizing that that's what was happening. And then also getting really fucking drunk off of some tequila. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Some tequila that had been there for probably a couple of years.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing is, I can relate to that. Like that moment where you're like, oh, no, I did not realize I was going down, but I am definitely going down. <laughs> it's one of the most
1: relatable moments, and that was he was like, "I'm gonna throw another log on the fire," and she goes, "No, please don't. I'm dizzy." <laughs> I'm <Right>. like, yes, <laughs> I would be so fucking dizzy, girl. I get it.
0: Yeah. Well, he's well, burning. In it in there. Uh, yeah, he's burning like chunks of weed in a campfire that they built in the airplane and because it's
1: pouring outside like, no
0: no i get that yeah and i get that that's probably what they had to burn but then they're also sitting right next to it and i'm like you are you're gonna get in trouble
2: as somebody who's really casual with their weed consumption or has never had weed depending on the state that you are listening to this in <laughs> i feel like i need to look this up because i i just don't Would it have retained its potency being out there that long?
0: So it probably would have really dried out. um, And it would have still been potent. But if you would have smoked it, or I don't know any of this, depending on the state you're listening in, um, (laughs) would have just tasted really bad. Yeah. It maybe wouldn't be as potent anymore, which is why they could get away with burning bricks of it and not going straight to high kid town. But
1: yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they were wrapped in in plastic, I believe. So yeah. for shipping. So I mean, they probably weren't like stupid stupid dry and I mean it actually is k- kind of a little realistic that they that they didn't go to like super bad high kit town in my experience or not. It depends on what state you're living listening to this in. Um <laughs> but it, it probably wouldn't have gone like real far into high kid town but she also didn't do a lot of it before because he asked he goes what do you know about smoking weed and she, her response is i went to college
0: yeah so she probably had a J or two in her time well yeah a, a jazz day.
1: cigarette if you would <laughs> some wacky <tobacco-y? laughs> Not that I would know. no oh I don't no know. we don't know Tell anything about uh, that
2: never seen one never heard of one mm in Mm-mm. fact, we don't even know what we're talking about right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, no, we're just talking on our ass.
2: Anyway. <laughs> I also like that scene because that's kind of like the first time that we get an impression that they that are warming to each other and that he's kind of starting to enjoy her company, I guess at least. Because she finds that skeleton. He's like, oh, I'm a macho guy now all of a sudden. And it's like... Bro, she already saw it like you can't protect her it's done well and he was already he was a little mad at her because she like
1: she kind of um not criticized but slightly criticized mm-hmm. when he was like hacking through and he was like be my guest you know getting her to huck, huck through the woods with the with the machete and then she cops that off and he instantly is just like oh god okay come here yeah. <laughs> like i'm sorry <laughs> Like, oh, my bad. I mean, he didn't know it was there. It's not like he was like, yes, absolutely go look at the fucking dead body. But she kind of deserved a little bit because she did. She was being a little criticized. Like, you can go cut your ass way through the woods. I don't want to do it.
2: (laughs) I also like that that there's a moment in that sequence that sort of makes the movie kind of a time capsule where they're like reading an old rolling stone. Yeah. Yeah. What? The Doobie Brothers broke up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy's got a fucking grateful dead jacket
1: on. Yeah. And you're like, yeah yeah. 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 about right.
0: Um, I also loved the moment when he so he kills a snake that I gotten in, um, and I think he said it was a venomous snake. Yes. So my first reaction, because all they had to eat was like these olives that they found in the plane and my first reaction when we did that i was like oh hey look he found dinner and literally like one of the next things he said is like yeah this is pretty good to eat it's <laughs> like yeah
1: yeah because he says she goes is it poisonous he goes yep but delicious
2: <laughs> i also think it's interesting that she does this thing throughout the entirety of the movie but i really noticed it in the scene where she will insult him in some way and or and be like uh, you know, a real man would do things this way and it, he just completely ignores it and like lets it roll off his back. Because well, right.
1: Unlike a lot of a lot of um, romance movies and stuff, he's not trying to be her Prince Charming. No. Like he kind of begrudgingly ends up loving her Yeah, in this because like he he steals the map like three different times.
2: Well, and she's fine with it too. In the end, she's like, "Well, did you steal the map or not?"
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, she's
0: like, "How come you haven't stolen the map yet?" And also, I'm like, "Lady, you need that to save your sister."
2: Well, of all the side characters, her sister is like the least useful to the movie plot in the whole thing. And then, like, she's propped up to, throughout the entire movie to that she's the adventurous one, right? And it's like. Here comes her sister with the machete and she's like kicking ass and taking names. And when she finally gets to her sister, her sister basically just like faints in her arms and is like, oh no. Yeah.
0: What do we know anything about her sister's late husband? Because she, I feel like in my brain his name was Oscar, but that could be wrong. Um
1: no, it was something in Spanish.
0: And Carlos, maybe I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what
1: it was. It, it literally wasn't even somebody like that was seen. Sure, he was dead before the movie even started.
0: Right. So the sister Elaine finds, or somebody finds, they find pieces of her late husband, mm-hmm. and he had sent this map to, um, our main character, to Joan, Joan, and like why we get no backstory on how we got here and i'm still trying i'm still confused
1: i think he just wanted to get it away from everybody he but why did he have it who is this guy maybe he's an archaeologist he could be indiana jones for all you fucking
2: know
0: exactly <laughs> for all i know
2: here's the thing i watched a robert Niebuhr uh review of the movie because apparently if you say a movie three times the internet just knows and it shows you things right um, <laughs> And they basically, in the their review, they were like, this is the first time somebody's tried to emulate Indiana Jones and done it successfully. Uh, and everybody else who's ever done it before did it shit. So this is great. And I was like, wow, that's really high praise, given the fact that, you know, people were obsessed with Indiana Jones at the time. And so uh, I was like, pretty impressed there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean it, it was a fun
1: story there are confusing moments but hi 80s
0: yeah I mean it didn't take me out of it I'm yeah. just upset that I don't know
1: yeah I I do want to know the backstory a little bit of her husband and everything because why why did he have this map with this mm-hmm. that leads to this precious heart-shaped emerald or I think is what it was
0: yeah I mean it's an, it's an emerald but my other, the other thing that just never was explained is her publisher asks Joan, like, oh my gosh, how's your sister doing? And she's just like, eh, Elaine will be fine. And I'm like, what?
1: Elaine will be fine? They found bits of her husband. Right. My question is, why didn't she instantly just like, they found bits of her husband. Come right. to New York. Fly to your you rich-ass author sister and stay with her for a bit.
2: And well, here's the other thing I take issue with. How did these quirky criminals know that he even had it? Let alone that he was going to send it to his sister-in-law?
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I assume that they knew that because Elaine told them. But
2: how would they have known to like kidnap?
0: Elaine? We don't know, that's Wiggles.
2: What I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. None of this makes sense. Um, there's no way that either of them are smart enough to figure that out. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. also true. They're, yeah, not, the they're not the smartest. They're not the smartest.
2: Which, so this is my theory, right? Take it or leave it. My theory is that her husband was like the leader of those criminals and then they offed him. And then they were like, fuck, motherfucker doesn't have the map. So basically it's like a pirate mutiny.
1: That could sense. make sense. And then that's why they would know that, oh, he sent it off or at least to get Elaine so that she could say he right. sent it off. Right. But I got the impression that Elaine didn't know before they told her. That he had sent something to Joan. I have no idea. Let's talk about the heart for just a second. It was in a ceramic bunny statue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was also another confusing scene. You, whoever had this emerald, hid this emerald in a cave that you had to like swim through a waterfall, I think, to get through. Yep. And then decided to hide it in a ceramic bunny statue.
2: See, this con- this goes with my theory that it was the husband, right? I think he hid it there, so that's why he would have a map. Because that map also looks like a child drew it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and so it's like this guy is crazy enough, a the, the guy that I've invented in my head. Um, He's <laughs> crazy enough to be like, you know what it would be great if I took this thing that's ultra, like ultra valuable, hid it in this fucking dumbass bunny statue, made it uh, this elaborate map to go get it, and then like sent that
1: to my wife's sister, sister.
2: <laughs> like...
1: well it would actually make sense if it was him because she hid the treasure in one of her books in the statue and that's how she knew how to break it open oh i like this theory we have going me, i'm pretty yeah. sure it was her husband that had that made the map and everything
0: didn't they say the map was like old though yeah they but did. you can age shit to make it look old you it's know. true yeah
2: well, <laughs> no, it didn't. I
0: know it was in a plastic bag, but every time she like got dunked in the water, or like was just like in torrential downpour, I am like, how is this map surviving? Even in the plastic bag, how is it surviving?
2: Right, like it, this this water is enough to tear the cloth. Right, life, but not paper. paper it
1: it can't it. get into that plastic. It can't. <laughs> I will point out to our listeners, we are younger than this movie. I totally got her thing. In fact, it's actually a pretty common like
0: storyline or trope where the l- female main character is like, I don't like any of the men around me because they're not something, right? Mm-hmm. They're not something enough. And so then she gets thrown into a new world and then there's a man who is the something enough
2: well, and there's been actually a lot of studies. Well, not a lot of studies. I say that like I'm an expert. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I got a track record that says not a love expert.
1: Um, <laughs> same girl, same. It's fine. But, uh,
2: there, there was a study that um, was done that showed that adrenaline makes it easier for the, the like other hormones and 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 chemicals that are going on in your body to trigger that give you that like dopamine love response and so if you want to fall in love with somebody fast do something that gets your adrenaline going statistically you are more likely to fall in love with that person
0: well i i can't imagine that any follow-up story and i don't know if the jewel of the nile has these two in it or not it does okay but like any domestic life between these two can't be pleasant right it can't work which is why they i assume go on another treasure hunt i didn't watch that movie i assume that's what happened i can't remember i have
1: seen it i do think they're gonna get bored with each other i i'm afraid that since he can never be honest he is constantly lying to her and hiding maps that aren't his underneath the bed what he's fucking her on which creeped me out a little bit he, like, put the, the bed underneath, or the map yeah. underneath the mattress. Um, I just, I don't like them particularly as a couple, just because I don't think that they're going to end up being very good for each other, because they're not honest with each other. No. But the same could be said for most couples in romance movies. They don't actually know each other.
0: I think I would have liked it better if they had just left it, if they were like, alright, this was a fun adventure together, and... Now we're gonna go off, but him like showing up in New York with a sailboat and stuff,
2: like in
1: alligator boots because he went and got the stone.
2: Well, I feel like they had to do that because that—I mean—that's the plot they've set up at the beginning with the Jesse scene. Right? Yep. Is that she can take care of herself entirely, but Jesse will show up and shoot some guys for you. Yeah. And he's supposed to be her Jesse, so we even see her like being like someday and she's like written this ending to the their adventure where mm-hmm. he like comes and saves her at the airport or whatever you
1: know i suppose yeah. which did make me laugh when it cuts to them afterwards and sh- and it's her editor who's like this hardcore right. new york woman and she's hysterically bawling
2: <laughs> right and, and- like, how much did you embellish? Because this really wasn't that romantic
0: of a story. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, I did appreciate the fact that it was like, yeah, you guys have been through some shit together. And you're finally able to release and things feel like they're maybe not as harrowing anymore. Mm-hmm. Go do the fucking. Yeah.
1: Go do not? the fucking. Go do the fun. Because, like, now he has the sailboat. They yeah. can go do sailboat adventures. Because mm-hmm. that could be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I...
0: She's a writer, she can write from anywhere.
1: She can write from anywhere. Um, I also think maybe because, unlike a lot of movies, especially in the 80s, as far as romance is concerned, they didn't get married at the end of this movie. Yeah, that was good. It's they're gonna see where it goes together. And I was like, Oh, okay, that could be fun on the sailboat. She can write there, you know, and send back manuscripts or whatever and stuff. So, I don't hate. I don't love their relationship, but I don't hate it either because, like, it has a possibility to become something real because they didn't do the I'm madly in love with you. It's kind of more he showed up to see what this could turn into. Right. You know what I mean?
2: Except that I
1: think that she is. Oh, yeah. No, she's fucking in love with him. She is. (gasps) But. But
0: she's in love with Jesse and she's, she's totally, like, just projecting her love of this fictional character she wrote onto this guy
1: yeah oh yeah she she's pretending that the character she created is this man i do say i did like that they mirrored her the end of her book Mm -hmm. to um what happened in columbia because he didn't save her in the book she saved herself and he didn't save her you know he showed up but she saved herself with a knife that was very well hidden. um. And then he didn't save her in Columbia. She saved herself with a cigar, which corrects me up every time. <laughs> He's doing that whole fucking fight scene with a cigar in his mouth. Well,
2: and why light it in the first place? Like, you... go to the hospital, man. You don't have to fight. Right? right? <laughs> You're bleeding out. What's the plan?
0: Gotta get that sweet, sweet nicotine. Yeah. Nah, yeah, well. I honestly
2: he is the character that makes the least amount of sense to me throughout this entire movie
0: oh yeah like, what's your motivation what are you doing like the the police guy right yeah i don't Who remember his
1: do you name work for what are you doing
2: right uh, and he's like now i've got my shiny rock and it's like okay but like is this like is this actually an important rock or is it just like a big emerald like what is the story with this rock also It doesn't look like an actual emerald. It's glowing in a way that doesn't make sense.
0: Oh, yeah. That really bothered me the entire time. And I get (laughs) it's the 80s, but I was just like, you really couldn't make it look remotely like a real gemstone? Not just some cloudy plastic? Okay.
1: It was the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) For there to be a map, unless with which we did theorize, unless her brother-in-law is actually the one who made the map and everything, like... If it was hidden like that or something, there had to have been some sort of, like, historical significance to this or something. Yeah. You would think. That just every
0: time something doesn't make sense, it's the 80s. It's the 80s. (laughs) It's the 80s.
1: But did you think you were going to enjoy the movie from the 80s as much as you did?
0: I had no expectation going into it because I knew nothing about it. I hadn't heard of it until Danny said, this movie. And I was like, sure. Okay. All right, so we talked about the uh, our, our main couple. What was y'all's overall opinions of the movie? Do some ratings?
1: I, we always start with spice. We always do start with spice. There was surprisingly more spice than I thought there would be for an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. It was still about a two, but it was it was a shocking amount of spice for the age in which the movie was created.
0: I'm sitting at like a 1.5. And I could totally be convinced up to a two because of the level of nakedness yes. in the one scene. They're not doing anything, they're just talking to each other, but they're fully naked. Oh, yeah. And you don't see anything. So,
1: it was tastefully done, honestly.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of naked.
1: It was a lot of naked. Nice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to say a, a one in spite of the spice scene where you're like, whoa, hello. <laughs> uh Because some of the worst kissing I've seen
0: in a movie It'll was <laughs> that was how it was done then though like yeah. eat your face kissing and i'm just like that's not romantic <laughs>
2: like, she like opened her mouth and you
1: went oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're not wrong but liz is also correct in that that is how they did it in the 80s and i don't know why anybody ever thought that was romantic cuz looking at it now i'm like why like, right
0: in her mouth and then just his mouth back
1: <laughs> like what the hell is a first
0: kiss like that like <laughs> s- like start slow y'all yeah, that's not
1: the way no it is not the way <laughs> <laughs> okay romance then what's your romance rating i didn't think it was that romantic no. honestly
0: no For so romance
2: in the title it doesn't yeah. quite live up to it so i mean
0: i guess one and a half yeah maybe. yeah like, I struggle even giving it a two. So yeah, one and a half feels right. Half.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, overall. So overall, and this
1: might just be a nostalgia thing for me because this is something that I watched a lot when I was younger and everything. Um, I'm, I lean towards 3.5 and 4. It's, it's not the most romantic movie in town, but I'm also not – for, for someone who has a romance podcast – I don't fall for all the romancy bullshit all the time. So it's an action movie with a love story in it to me, kind of. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that's kind of where I groove on Romancing the Stone a little bit. You know what I mean?
0: No, I I get you. I get you. Yeah. Oh, I'm on the other side of the fence. I'm closer to like a 2.5. And I think the reason is because I didn't see this until now. Mm -hmm. There is no nostalgia. And for me... I'm like, there's better versions of this out there. Yeah. But when it was made, it probably wasn't like that. It's like, I didn't watch, I hate to say this, I didn't watch Star Wars until I was in college. So me watching Star Wars is like, "Eh, there's better versions of this
1: now. Whereas I had the other side of that. Mm -hmm. My brother and mother are obsessed with Star Wars and I got taken along for the ride. And I do love it, not as much as they do. Well, and
0: that's how I feel about Star Trek, right? Because my mom was and is still a big Trekkie Trekker, whichever term you want to use. And so for me, it's like, Star Trek,
1: it's time to watch it. Mom and Adam also really like Star Trek. Yeah. (laughs) Wicks.
2: I feel like this is a three for me. Like, I I enjoyed it a lot. And when I, it's kind of like when we're pitching Buffy to people, where we're like, listen, it is a product of its time. Yeah. Yes. You have to understand, go into this, um, knowing that is the film quality, the special effects, like all of that, not going to be great. Um, and the writing shows its time
1: mm-hmm. a
2: lot, right? Um, and so with that, I like separating that off a little bit. Like I think that it's a really good movie, and that you could really easily recreate it. Um, and I think that they do in the fucking lost city, which was, was going to be my so that suggestion. was my suggestion. my suggestion as well. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> That's why I haven't said anything yet. Aaron. well i guess we're here now what are your suggestions danny you take that one tell me why you like the lost city as a suggestion
1: um because it's also about a writer that ends up although she gets kidnapped <laughs> um she gets kidnapped because they think her books are the like the way to find the treasure
0: right like that she has written essentially the map into her book
1: yes yeah. yeah yeah and then so she gets kidnapped along with her <laughs> Her Fabio, her Fabio, but you could definitely see where where Lost City took a lot of oh, yeah. of inspiration from Romancing yeah, the Stone. Yep.
0: Oh yeah, no, I don't think inspiration. They were just like, we're gonna recreate Romancing the Stone, but like our way. Yep, and that's just what they did.
2: Yeah, slightly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we're adding
0: cell phones. <laughs> and she does even fall for the Jack character, Brad Pitt's character. Um, my recommendation, other than the Lost City, would have been, or is, Six Days, Seven Nights with Harrison Ford. I have never seen that one. Yep. It's 98, 98, is what the internet tells me. Fairly Um, late 90s then. Yeah, and you just gotta go watch it. I can tell you the plot, go fucking watch it. But it's got a lot of the same vibes, because it's like, they're on a tropical island, or they're on some island, and the main gal's from New York, and Harrison Ford is like a a pilot, not like a commercial pilot, but like a little like the little like puddle hopper plane pilot. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the way you you guys can't see this, but she definitely did like a pedaling motion kind of with I her leg, like with her arms for a second and I was like he he flew the push pedal f- plane cuz I don't think that's the right time period. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh
0: yeah, so watch that.
2: So I actually have three. Um, two of them have already been talked about, so I'm going to talk about them very much. Um, first is Indiana Jones, because uh, this feels very inspired by it. Um, I think that <laughs> the critics were right. Um, and then uh, The Mummy, because, yeah. Uh, especially The Mummy 2. They do go into the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I was so- going to say the second Indiana Jones movie is also probably the correct one to watch if you like those.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, Anyway, sorry, my brain got sidetracked thinking about Scorpion Rock. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, sorry.
1: That um, is really a little bit know. nightmare fuel.
2: It's, it's a confusing visual. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, and then the third one I have, so it's completely plot, or it's, its baseline plot is completely different, but the way it manifests is very much the same. It's the Italian job. Um, it's got... If I remember right, it's uh, Charlize Theron and Mark Wahlberg are kind of, like, the leads of this, but basically, like, they're they're on this, like, heist adventure, if you will, mm. yeah. um, they're trying to get revenge, because I think, like, her dad was murdered or something. Um, anyway, it's been a really long time since I watched it, but uh, it's got this really cool sequence where, and this is what tells you how old it is, where they have, like, the Minnie Coopers, those <laughs> uh-huh. They have part of their heist involves
1: them having three mini coopers that they drive inside anyway so there you go fair enough
0: okay well that's it everyone for our discussion about romancing the stone the 1984 movie any last words thoughts opinions uh this is where you normally give us our fun fact of the day oh
2: you would like a fun fact
0: yeah it's becoming a thing now so go for it Uh,
2: Dead rat pieces in your peanut
1: butter. How dare you?
2: I mean, it's a marginal percent. And I know. It's an but... acceptable level, but there's rats.
0: I. I regret. I regret everything. There's also um, probably
2: bird shit in your
0: tuna. Well, I knew that. Uh, cool. I guess. Love that for us. That's Thank you. that. Well, that's what
2: happens when you put me on the spot. <laughs> If you enjoy. Like fun fun
0: fact? Uh, you got one? You got no, something in the chamber? No, I'm done with you.
1: <laughs> McDonald's once made broccoli that tasted like bubble gum. What? What? McDonald's once made broccoli that tasted like bubble gum because they were trying to get kids to eat broccoli. What does that mean? They literally created broccoli that tasted like bubble gum. No, I
0: don't,
1: uh, uh, okay, you, you just not keep
0: not re-saying not the not same football. thing, Danny. <laughs> okay. Um... Well, if you enjoyed this episode or the crazy fun facts at the end of it, you can find us out on all the socials at Wrong Dusk Jackets or just Wrong Jackets out on Twitter. Um, or you can go to our website at wrongduskjackets.com. I fucking forgot how we end this thing. Thanks so much for listening. Uh find us, rate us, love us. Cool bye. Bye.